Welcome to the F3 American Yammer Podcast, where we give the men of F3 a chance to tell their story as they've transitioned from sad clown to high-impact man. I'm Short Circuit, and each week I'll be joined by another member of F3 who is willing to step up and share his story. So, without further ado, here's today's show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of F3 American Yammer. I am your host, the shortest of all possible circuits. No circuits are shorter than me on the nation's fifth best podcast out of five. And tonight or today, wherever you happen to be listening, we are on episode seven. And joining me all the way from Gastonia, North Carolina is Stroganoff. So Stroganoff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Short Circuits. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. I, so I, I was looking back through my notes as well. I believe it was Utters who makes routine trips. Well, I don't know if he still does now. Uh, we are still currently in the midst of uh, some some covid shenanigans uh, but having said that i i believe he made some trips to uh to to the gastonia region and that, that's how we got connected is that does that sound right yeah that is correct yeah i've worked out multiple times with others here in gastonia i think his in-laws are here and so yeah we've gotten to uh to, to be friends over the past few years that's awesome awesome and it's definitely good to see kind of just inter <laughs> inter-region mingling if you will um, so we'll have to give a T-claps to, to Utters for, for getting us connected. And I'm glad we were able to do this, and I appreciate your time tonight. So with that, name Rama, name, age, F3 name. Stephen Long, 49, Stroganoff. Stroganoff. All right. Now, how long have you been in F3 packs? How long have you been coming to F3? So I'm not quite a Redwood in Gastonia, but I started the fourth or fifth week uh, back when we just had a Saturday workout um, back in uh, two, April 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. So, wow, you just hit five years then. We did just go over five years in March. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Well, man, so that's that's pretty exciting then. So you've had a chance now um, for over the past five years really to kind of see see it grow, right? Not only Gastonia, but kind of the, the nation in general. Yes. Um, it's been a tremendous growth here in Gastonia, but it's been cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and definitely kind of seeing the the new AOs pop up and, and, and even just kind of seeing the growth within your own region, I know is, um, is pretty remarkable. So, well, that's awesome. Okay. So you've been coming five years now and in that respect, kind of posting when and where, you know, are you kind of like a typical Monday, Wednesday, Friday guy? Do you kind of bounce around a little bit based on schedule or, or what's, what's just sort of your normal, normal? If, yeah. If I have a good week, it's four or five times. So I'm definitely, um, I'm lucky I've got two AOs that are real close uh, to my house uh, so that Monday and Wednesday, and then there's a running workout on Thursday. And then the original, what we call the original gas house uh, AO at the Shield Museum uh, here in Gastonia, I hit most Saturdays. And then there's another running workout um, that we do on Sundays that I try to hit. So um, yeah, if it's a good week for me, it's four or five times a week. Nice. And just curious too. So it was gas house, you gas house, you guys's mothership. Was that kind of like your original AO there? That is the original AO for the first few, um, first few months was in the only, the only AO that's correct. Gotcha. Okay. And I heard quite a bit of running in there. It sounds like, are you kind of more of a runner? You know, I think I'm probably, I'm not a, I'm not a fast runner, but I'm probably known as one of the guys who maybe enjoys running a little more than the, um, than some of the boot camp stuff probably. So I'm probably also known as when I queue, um, you can hear some grumbling from the guys uh, when they show up that that uh, to, to one of my uh, queues that there might be a little more running than normal in, in, in a boot camp. Gotcha. Okay. Well, nothing wrong with that. No, definitely. Well, good. That was guys know where to find you uh, if they want to come and, and talk to you afterwards and kind of get to know a little bit more about your story. So, so thanks for opening up there. Let's go ahead and jump right in here. So let's talk life before F3. So, when we talk about the the fitness aspect, the first step, right? Uh, what did fitness look like for you? Were you, you mentioned lots of running? Were you kind of always a runner, or was that kind of something new? Or you know, did you have a lot of sports in the background? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I wasn't really. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a runner, but you know, like a lot of uh, young kids here in the South, I was an athlete. I mean, growing up, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, even tried a little football, but that was short lived. Um, <laughs> But, you know, growing up through middle school, high school, I played uh, baseball was kind of my sport and, and I stayed real active even through my first year, a couple of years of college. 
Um, I was real active and worked out regularly, both, you know, both some cardio type stuff and uh, even in the in the workout, uh, you know, weights in the gym. Um, then I kind of got into my major. At, I was an NC State guy and engineering was really tough. So I started getting away from it um then i mean there was a lot of study and not much uh, physical activity right um, graduated the typical path right you get married you have kids um work and and so that that physical fitness consistent physical fitness really um kind of took a back seat um i wouldn't say and you know, I, I wouldn't say i experienced that pogo 40 that you hear about in f3 um, but I sure I would run a little bit. I guess that's when I started running more consistently, but my consistency was I'd run for a couple months and then I wouldn't run for six months. I'd run for mm-hmm. a few months. I might do a 5k here or there with some group or, uh, or, you know, but nothing, uh, but I sure wasn't doing any, um, weight training or anything like that d- during that, uh, that whole period. So, um, so my, my fitness overall just kind of gradually deteriorated over that, um, that time as just other things became more important. You know, I would probably the typical, you know, the typical thing that you hear, but, but I had a period of probably 10 or 12, maybe even 15 years where I didn't do much of anything um, consistently, probably 25 to 40 uh, years old. Um, I just, just wasn't happening. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, like, as you pointed out too, it sounds like, it sounds like the weight ne- wasn't necessarily an issue. You weren't kind of bouncing between, you know, the, the fat pants and the, and the trim polo. Um, but it sounds like, as you pointed out, the combination of marriage, work, kids, kind of all of those things getting in the way, you spend this long time where you're kind of vacillating, if you will, kind of between the two extremes, right? You're, you're spending a bunch of time running and then you, you drop off and you don't run again, or, you know, you spend some time trying to get in, get quote unquote in shape and then you start falling out and I definitely I'm sure there's there's plenty of guys who who've gone through that, through that themselves as well. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's talk about the fellowship piece now. So we know that you've got some some form of fitness. It's it's kind of always hanging out in the background right there. Let's talk about the fellowship piece and and kind of, you know, diving into the relationships a little bit. So what was kind of the nature of your relationships? What did fellowship mean to you? Well, I didn't um, realize it until I was in college, but I did did have a unique um, high school group uh, of friends that we were pretty close and we kept in touch. Uh, One of them went off to college with me to to be a roommate. And so we so I had, you know, during college in those first few years out of college, I had a decent group of friends that we kept in touch. We did a lot. Um, There were even some guys here locally that I hung out with and, um, we were, you know, we were, we were, we were good friends. I mean, then we started getting married. Um, and then, you know, everybody's life changes, right? You, you work kids, uh, eventually started having kids. So the priorities change. So I would say that from that period, from the time I graduated college to up to the time of probably F3, um, I had a lot of acquaintances. I had some good friends, some guys I could count on if there was an emergency or something serious going on. Um, you know, the drinking buddies, we, the sports, we would, we were sports fanatics. We would go to sporting events, that kind of stuff. Um, but, but, I, but it sure wasn't, um, wouldn't, I would, I would say there wasn't a whole lot of depth to it. Uh, mm-hmm. but at, but at the time I'm, I don't, I didn't really know what that meant. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I had a terrific relation. I mean, I had a terrific, I got a terrific wife, terrific kids. Um, but the relationship with those guys, uh, the closest friends were, had, were far away, like my college roommates. And then I had another, we're in the Raleigh area still. I had a good buddy up in Pennsylvania. And uh, so, again, at the time, I didn't realize how much that proximity or lack of proximity mattered. Um, so, so, again, it was, it was just, guys I could count on if I had to have something, but uh, we weren't uh, spending a whole lot of time together meaningfully or even working out or anything like that. So, so it was, it was, again, stuff I've heard on, on your podcast before and the guys that I've talked to around F3 Gaston, you know, a lot of the typical stuff that happens, um, you know, as that, 
as that sad clown starts creeping in um, mm-hmm. uh, un- unnoticed. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and I love your point too, and that is like, you know, you, it's kind of the, uh, you don't know what you don't know, right? You, you, you kind of have this idea that your friendships are like, oh, my, my friendships are pretty good. You know, if I, if I, you know, blew out a tire or something, I need somebody to come pick me up. I, I know I can call this guy. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, you know, y- you had these friendships and some of the best ones were unfortunately far away. And most of the, the close ones were kind of more proximity or circumstantially driven. And so you've got this, uh, you pointed it out. I think your words were, you've got lots of acquaintances, right? Yeah. Uh, but no real depth of friendship. And um, definitely, you know, as we pointed out, you don't know what you don't know. So you didn't know that you were necessarily missing out on on all of those things. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's interesting now, of course, too, as I'm sure you know, to be able to look back and kind of look at look at the relationships and, and be able to kind of you know, assess them a little bit in a, in a greater light. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, you know, uh, I don't want to at the time it was great, you know, or I mm-hmm. thought it was great. And those guys and some of those guys I still actually see and know well. Um, <laughs> I was actually in seven weddings of all things. Um, <laughs> so so that kind of tells you, I mean, I did have some good friends, but then it seems like after every wedding within a year or two, all that kind of stuff just kind of fades away because of the, you know, different, different priorities come along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely that, that is one of the things I think many guys experience as well. And that is that, you know, they, they have a, a series of close friends and um, nothing, nothing wrong. Maybe it's not even necessarily circumstantially driven or anything, but you know, the other guy gets married or gets into a relationship. And the next thing you know, you're, you're quickly beginning to drift because he, he now has to focus on his family. You have to focus on yours. And, and ultimately it's just kind of the, the sets of circumstances that sort of uh, drive a wedge, if you will, not necessarily in a negative light, but definitely it's still there. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. All right. All right. So we know that you've got some fitness in the background and um, it's always kind of hanging out there. It's lurking, lurking in the back. Um, you know, you, you go through your periods where you're you know, riding high and, and doing well in the fitness and then you start dropping off. If, uh, from the fellowship perspective, we know that you've got lots of acquaintances. Um, you know, you, some of your best friends are kind of far away. There are people that you're connecting with, people that you can call on, but nobody that you're really kind of exploring any, any sense of depth in your relationships with. Let's talk about the third F piece now. So the, the faith element. And, and really this can be kind of, you know, it's open for interpretation, you know, based on whatever that means to you, right? Whether that's your personal religious beliefs or your sense of kind of just something greater than yourself um, or a sense of community impact. What did, what did that word really mean to you? If somebody was to come along and say, can you describe your faith for me? Well, when I was um, growing up, I, I, I would say, very lucky, great, terrific parents. Again, a typical, you know, a, a typical upbringing here in in North Carolina, and so I was brought up in a Presbyterian church. Um, that was just something that we did when I was, I guess, it was thirteen. You go through confirmation, you know, in the Presbyterian church, roughly. So I, I am a Christian. I did accept Christ at that time. I'm not sure I really knew what I was doing at age thirteen, but um, since then, I mean, it was obviously something that I have grown to really believe in. Um, the, the, the shortcomings of that faith back then was just, it was a small church. When I graduated high school, I was the only high school graduate. So there was no youth program to speak of. And so my, I was really just disinterested. Um, so then I go off to college and, and sure, mom, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to church while I'm up here. I'll find a place to go. Of course, I did not go to a church a single time in college, I mean, <laughs> you know, and so um, then I met my wife to be and we kind of got um, it was important to her. So the next time I went to church was when I I think we were meeting with her pastor um, to talk about getting married. So um, so kind of one of the jokes around here is I grew up. Presbyterian. She grew up Baptist. We were married in a Baptist church, and now we're Meth- now we're Methodist. Um, <laughs> that's quite the story. So my faith journey was, um, you know, I, again, I was brought up in the church. It was important, mm-hmm. and I was brought up on those values of of the you know Judeo Christian values, but it personally just didn't mean a whole lot to me. Mm-hmm. Now. 
after I got married and we were about to have our first child, uh, the first of three, uh, it's funny how those events will change your outlook. Well, all of a sudden it was important again. (laughs) And so we did go out searching for a church with a strong youth program. And so that kind of probably re-kickstarted my faith a little bit um, because all of a sudden I had to, I was going to have these little ones running around that were going to be looking more to me to, you know, set that example on how I was living. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the short version of, of my faith, um, you know, my, my faith journey. And, and it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't bad. It was just um, something more of something that we just did. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's something that has been important to me. It was really important and became important and important again when, when we started having our, our, started building our own family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely, I mean, there's a, there's a number of guys out there, I'm sure, uh, myself included, who, you know, when you have that, that first kid, all of a sudden, it's, it's kind of like, well, what, what do I do? And, and That's right. all, all these questions kind of come about, and especially kind of from the, the faith element, you know, wanting to raise them, um, you know, to, to sort of honor certain things, to be able to, um, to value certain things, and, and where do you go to find those values when you kind of have to tap into those. And, and, and I love your point, too, about how, you know, you, you, always had this in your background, you know, it was something that was, that was there. Um, you knew of its, its relevance and its importance. Um, but at the same time too, you know, kind of being honest and, and saying like, but I didn't know how much value it necessarily had to me. Right. Um, and, and I think there are so many times where, um, you know, guys have had these types of stories where I, I think that the term that we use for it, right. Is sort of these inherited beliefs, um, where we kind of, we grow up knowing them and when we have them, but they're not necessarily ours. We don't necessarily um, kind of cherish them, if you will, or, or, or really lean into them. We just kind of know about them, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair description, um, uh, especially for for me. I knew maybe I felt like uh, it should be more important than it was, and I really didn't know what to do about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, so th- that tells us a lot, then. So now we know. You've got this athleticism in your background. You kind of grew up, you know, playing all, all the sports and you're active through college. And then, of course, as the marriage and kids, family, work, all that stuff starts to, to pile up, you know, fitness starts to take a back seat. And so now you're kind of going through the, the cyclical motions of, you know, oh, I'll, I'll work out for this extended period of time. And then it very quickly drops off. And, and then you're, you're kind of swinging back and forth. We know that you had lots of acquaintances, um, no real depth of friendships. Um, and, and so the, from the fellowship perspective, kind of, kind of missing out on some pieces there. And then you've got this, this faith background and, you know, it, it starts strong when you're younger, you know, it kind of tapers through college um, is what I got from your story there. And then, you know, getting, getting married and, and having your, having a family, it starts to ramp back up, but now kind of with this added, um, this added caveat of, you know, how am I going to truly value um, this this faith element, not only for myself, but then additionally for my family. So I think that that sets a strong precedent right there, kind of on what what life was like for Stroganoff before F three. Um, but I'll, I'll leave it to you, kind of in your own words. Do you have kind of a, a story or or some kind of sets of experiences, or even just a general theme that kind of um, exemplifies what life was like before uh, for you before F three? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think I can. Put something together here. The interesting one of the one of the, my favorite words within F three that you hear a lot, and we use a lot here across the nation, is acceleration. So, I think um, the best example for me is I just wasn't hanging around people who were helping me accelerate uh, in the places I need to accelerate. So, the best example I can think of is um, when I graduated high school, went off to college. I was probably about hundred and sixty pounds soaking wet probably. Um, I was not a, I was not a large physically mature person. Um, well, um, it's probably been seven or eight years ago now. This is before F3. Uh, I started having annual physicals a long time ago, just because of some, some health history in my family. And I showed up at the, at the doctor for that physical and I weighed almost 230 pounds. Um, hmm. And it, it crept up over such a long period of time. I mean, I knew it, but for some reason at that particular doctor's appointment, it hit me in a manner that uh, looking back now, it was simply because 
I had no accountability. I had no, um, you know, I guess, you know, maybe the worst thing is I, I, I felt no desire maybe to impress my wife anymore. I mean, that's kind of sad, mm. but you know, so it was just, I had turned into this person that was, you know, what is that? Almost 70 pounds heavier than I was, uh, you know, not that long ago. Um, so, um, and then not, you know, it wasn't just the weight. It was some of the, some of my blood tests and some of my health markers were not good for a, you know, that was roughly a 41 or 42 year old. Um, maybe yeah, that was about, that was about my age at that, at that time. So that was a slight wake up call. Um, but it wasn't quite enough. Um, because, you know, the real acceleration didn't start until after F3. But, but I think that kind of exemplifies, and that, that was going on in other parts of my life as well, right? There was, it, it was, I kind of felt like I was doing well, but um, other than my relationship with my wife, I probably really wasn't doing very well. Um, mm. But I, again, I, I, I kind of didn't, <laughs> I just kind of didn't know. Yeah. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And, and definitely it, it, I kind of picked up on another piece of your story there as well. And that is, you know, you mentioned that you really weren't accelerating, right? You were very much in the, in the deceleration zone and kind of having a moment like that, that sort of is a big wake up call to sort of not only see the numbers, um, but the, the, the additional piece that I picked up on there was you were saying that you you weren't, you weren't accelerating. And you'd mentioned right before that, that, you know, you'd kind of, kind of, effectively kind of given up on sort of trying to impress your wife in some respects. Right. Um, and there's so many stories, um, of guys, you know, just going, kind of going through the motions, right. Of, of sitting there like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm married. I, I'm married. I'm going to stay married. I don't necessarily need to, to really like push myself anymore. Cause I, I don't need to impress her because we're already married. You know, what, what else do I need to do? Right. Um, <laughs> and definitely there's a, there's a level of, of deceleration and slowdown. Um, and ultimately it's going to push you back in the other direction. So, wow. Well, definitely. Thank you very much for sharing that. Cause that's, I mean, that's, that's huge, you know, that, you, that you've got that sort of real tangible moment right there that you can kind of point to and say, oh man, that, that was a huge wake up call. Yeah. Yeah, it was for sure. All right. All right. So, so we know about the background, we know kind of that, that pivotal moment for you right there. Let's talk now about another type of pivotal moment. And that is the kind of first contact with F3. So it's right out of the gate, first contact, who EH'd you? Well, I was lucky that I was somehow, um, there was a local guy here I went to church with, uh, Da Vinci is his F3 name. And um, he had he had somehow got connected with the F3 notifications about the startup. So um, I was aware of the fir- very first workout um, here in, in Gastonia, but I was nursing a ankle injury from running. And so that's why it was the fourth or fifth week before I, um, was comfortable going out there. Cause that's my story. It could have been just cause I was scared. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so Da Vinci in that original uh, launch is, is I was aware of all that, but Da Vinci was the one who really, um, personally face to face EHB and said, Hey, did you see this stuff going online? And, and we're getting ready to launch this F3 thing. And then I, that's when I kind of started looking into it. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So definitely T claps to Da Vinci on that one. So, so you go to this first workout, uh, was it, would you go to a weekend workout or a, a mid, a midweek workout? Yeah. At that time it, it was fourth or fifth week. So we only had the Saturday workout. So it was the original, uh, gas house, uh, AO and we still call it the gas house actually. Gotcha. Okay. And, and do you remember who queued on that one? So we still had guys coming from uh, either Fort Mill or Rock Hill or maybe even Charlotte. And I think the guy's name was, um, I think it was Gunny. I uh, could be wrong about that. I actually went online to try to look up the old um, backblast, but I couldn't find it. So, um, but, but I'm pretty sure it was a, a guy named uh, Gunny who looked like he could, you know, rip my head off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was an interesting day. Gotcha. Okay. And, and and what do you really remember from that other than other than this man who could potentially rip your head off? Well, you know, it was a big crowd uh, because we still had a lot of guys coming from a couple other regions to help us get started. And I knew yeah. some guys that were going to be there, but um, a couple of things stand out, just being a little nervous, not knowing what to expect. Um, I hadn't, you know, I'd never done any type of boot camp stuff, um, what I would call boot camp stuff. So uh, I thought I might be able to hang with a little bit of the running but I just remember uh, Merkins and Merkins and <laughs> um, 
sitting in the – yeah, well, we ran up to uh, my middle school, actually, where I went to middle school. It was right next to the, the where we start and sitting in the middle of the field and, um, gosh, uh, what is it? a tunnel of love in this soaking wet grass and um, just – it was, but it was, you know, but it was good. I mean, I was kind of a mill the pack guy probably that day. Uh, overdid it just because of pride, probably. <laughs> um, but I just remember doing things I had never done before, and uh, a lot of mumble chatter. Um, and so it was. Um, I didn't have a watch on. I do remember not having a watch on, and I kept thinking, surely it's been an hour. Surely it's been an hour. <laughs> Um, so, so that was, yeah, that was my first, my first taste of it was, um, somebody leading, the guy leading was an unbelievable shape. Um, and, but, there were, but also remember all levels of fitness, right? I mean, I wasn't the six, but I sure wasn't anywhere close to, uh, being out front. And, and, and I also remember not being able to do all the reps of everything that was called out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, well that, that, that's great, and and definitely, I mean, I, I appreciate your vulnerability there, just saying like, yeah, my, my pride got the best of me on this. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, no question. <laughs> All right, and then how how did you end up with the with Stroganoff? How, how did that come about? So um, there were a couple guys there, and that first worker that I knew, I mean, that I, that I was friends with, and you know, you do it in the COT. You know, we're doing just like any other COT when your name, they're asking a bunch of questions. And I had actually been warned by somebody to just watch what you say. But in that moment, I had somebody, they went through a few questions and couldn't come up with anything. And a buddy of mine asked me, what was your favorite food as a child? <laughs> and before I could think. Uh, you just answered, didn't you? I just answered honestly. And that has to go. I have to give Whoopi credit for that one. Um He's a, he's a good, he's a really good close friend of mine now. And, um, but yeah, I answered honestly and it, it couldn't have been a split second out of my mouth that I knew that, um, that was going to be it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's really great. And, and you and I were talking before on the podcast about, I've never seen another Stroganoff. So you're, you're very fortunate, um, to, to, to not have anyone who, who's got that same name. Yeah, well, most people would be smart enough not to answer that one, probably, even if it even if it was true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and of course, for posterity, I have to ask: Did did you splash Merlot? I did not splash Merlot. Um, I probably, well, no, I didn't splash Merlot. I don't know. I felt I didn't feel good. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well that's great. Well, definitely, thanks for, very much for for sharing that story for us. We'll have to give T claps to uh to Da Vinci and to to Gunny the the Q there, uh, for kind of setting you setting you up. And uh, oh man, what what a great story about how you got your name. That's that's wonderful. All right, so now we're going to kind of move into the the second portion, right? So we know what life was like before. We know about that first contact, that first workout, and and all those markings. And so now we're going to talk about life since F3. So you'd mentioned this a little bit before, um, and that is that you, you were not necessarily a runner previously. Um, and, and even and even still, uh, it sounds like you do a little bit more running than maybe boot camp style or incorporate a lot more running than necessarily kind of some of the boot camp style. But uh, overall, in general, how have you seen your fitness change? I know previously you were talking about you, you saw that that scale hit 230, right? Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's um, it's interesting being almost fifty to look back when I was twenty five compared to now. Um, my fitness is um, quite a bit different, and so as of today, it's funny. I, I mentioned going having a physical. I just had my annual physical today, um, so the timing of this is is strange because I got on the scale today at the doctor and I was one seventy seven. Um, so that right there tells you kind of the path that has occurred since I started with F3. I mean, I, I was, I had lost a little bit of weight out of that 230 before I started with F3, but uh, the majority of it has been the last oh, two, three years. The first three years or so with F3 is when I really dropped uh, the weight to where I am now. And so I went from before F3 running occasionally. Uh, I say I, I ran some because it was cheap. And, uh, you know, you don't, you can't come up with an excuse if you're, unless you're injured, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not like other things that you can, well, I don't want to go to a gym. It's too expensive or whatever. Well, um, 
the the um so so my to say my fitness has accelerated in the last five years would be quite an, an understatement. I went from not knowing anything about relays to running seven or eight half marathons. I've ran uh, two half marathons. Um, we've done some crazy seesops here around, uh, you know, uh, Gastonia. Um, but, but generally speaking, you know, I, I went from occasionally running to working out five to six times a week consistently for the last five years. I mean, I've had a couple minor injuries mm-hmm. since then. Uh, I mean, over the time, uh, over these five years, just because, you know, we do some stupid things occasionally. We do some strange exercises. Um, <laughs> early on, I, I do remember my first injury was because we had a younger guy lead a workout. And my, again, my pride got the best of me trying to keep up with him. And, you know, I was out for probably a month after that because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just dumb and trying to keep up with somebody 20 years younger than, um, than I am. Um, gotcha. So, so that kind of, you know, it, it's, um, the tw- the fifth the forty nine year old Struganoff is healthier and in better shape and has better information coming back from my doctor at my physical than I did when I was uh, thirty years old. Um, mm. Which, if you had told me that when I was thirty, I would have said, "No, there's no way. Um, there's absolutely no way that 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 would be the case." And um, I actually just about a week and a half ago, I had my fastest a mile in my fastest, um, 5k time. It was, it was during one of our running workouts, but, mm-hmm. um, since I've been recording my time for about 15 years with my Garmin. Um, so, um, that was, I was actually surprised that that occurred, but you know, it's nice to get this little updates from, from Strava that this was your fastest time ever or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we- I don't know if that answers the question completely, but that kind of just summarizes how, you know, what a difference, um, the last five years have been. Yeah. Well, and, and I think one of the things that you pointed out too, and, and maybe you didn't even notice it was that, you know, previously you were talking about how life more than anything, you know, you, you were very inconsistent with your, with your exercise, right. You were kind of, you spend some time running and then you drop off and then you know, it just goes away. And, and, and from what I hear from your, from your story, you're saying for the past five years, um, barring, you know, a few injuries here and there, you've been running five, six times during the week. And that's huge. I mean, that's a huge improvement. That's massive acceleration compared to where you were previously. Um, so, so definitely, I, I think it absolutely answers the question. Yeah. I mean, when I was, uh, I'll tell you this past May, um, between running and rucking, I did almost 160 miles. Now for a, for a big time runner, that's not a whole lot probably, but for me, when I was running before F3, I might do 160 miles, I don't know, in a year. (laughs) And, and, you know, I just did it, um, in a month because of the accountability and the push from the the guys here that, that I, that I work out with consistently. So, uh, that's the biggest month I've, I've ever had. Um, that's incredible. As far as my total miles. Yeah, that's incredible. So, so definitely, and, and that kind of leads right into the, the second part, right? When you, you mentioned the accountability piece, so how, how have you found that your, your fellowship has accelerated as a result of F3? Yeah, for me, um, this is probably the most impactful thing for me uh, with my F3 journey is, um, first, I think the coolest thing about F3 is that for the past five years, I've been interacting and got to be friends with guys that without F3, I would not have, uh, would not be spending time with them. The diversity of our packs um, is, is good in the sense that, you know, we've got a doctor and a lawyer and a contractor. I'm a contractor, um, a contractor and a landscaper and um, a, a factory worker and, you know, just a police officer and, just this, the, the, that interaction is just something that you don't typically see elsewhere uh, on a consistent basis. Um, and so, um, so I've got, you know, I mean, again, there were some of these guys that I knew well, and um, then you go do a Blue Ridge relay. Like the first relay I did in 2016 was a Blue Ridge relay. You go through this what is the phrase that you do some shared suffering with people, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that kind of, that elevates, or at least I found that changes 
your relationship with, with people. When you can survive in a van with six other guys for 30 hours mm. and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, even though it was difficult and you didn't sleep any and you didn't eat well. And, um, but you have these stories and these shared experiences all of a sudden that have been missing since, you know, high school sports or your college roommate during college, right? That, 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 that gap in time between graduating college and then having these experiences with these guys really closed, um, close that gap, you know, close that sad clown gap that you don't realize, um, you're experiencing. Um, you know, so, um, I would say two, two, two things happened to me personally in the last three years. My, my father-in-law passed away. He spent, he, he lived with us his last three or four months of his life. And then, oh, September, 2018, my dad passed away. And, um, I will tell you that, part of me thinks that F3 came along at the right time because I think God knew I was going to experience those things. And don't get me wrong. They were still extremely difficult, but, um, that does the, the, the fellowship I have with those, with this F3 packs here in Gastonia helped really helped me through, um, both of those situations. And frankly, they're still helping me through, um, you know, the passing of my father, just because I don't know that that's not, I don't think that's something you maybe ever get over, but you just learn to, you learn to go day to day with it better over time. And, um, so without that fellowship, I really looking back, I, I really wonder how that would have been and what that would have looked like. Um, and, and just the, the depth, you know, that depth that I talked about missing before F3, uh, I've got a shield lock where, um, I really got some depth with, with three or four guys, maybe even a couple more of my F3 brothers who really um, have added some depth and meaning to conversations and experiences. And we all have kids, so we're always struggling with something, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and uh, so it's been, a, it's been a good, uh, a good journey and a good, um, you know, a good sad clown defeating experience. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th there definitely is something uniting about the, the CSOP event, right? Um, just, just the way that it, 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 it's very, very odd, but it just brings you all together in a way that's very meaningful and very powerful. And definitely, you know, as you, as you pointed out, being able to, you know, I, I, nobody's going to want to go through and, and experience, you know, loss or the, that kind of pain and hardship of losing a parent. Uh, I think at the same time too, um, just the, the recognition that more than anything, you had that, uh, you had that brotherhood you could rely on. Right. And that, that it makes it meaningful in those moments. It's not just, um, you know, Hey, I got this, this group of guys that I go and work out with, you know, Oh, okay. They're, that, that's all good and well, but guys that you can truly lean on in those moments, um, to really kind of provide that level of comfort and stability that you need um, going through any type of traumatic event. Yeah. It's interesting that that very first workout, you know, we talked about a few minutes ago, I had no concept of what I was getting into mm. uh, and not, not on the fitness side, but on the, the fellowship and then the faith side as well. I just, I, you know, I had no, no clue that that was actually going to impact me more than the, um, than the fitness side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible. And like we said, you don't know what you don't know. All right, and then to to round it out here, we'll talk about the faith aspect. So, you know, previously you were talking about how you'd always grown up with this this faith in your background. Um, it dips as you go through college, and then starts ramping up again as you're having kids, and now kind of looking to you know how do you answer some of those bigger, um, the, the bigger, more challenging questions in life. Having said that, how has F three made an impact um, or or helped you accelerate in in your own faith? Um, you know, cause I, I don't know that it's really affected my, what I would call my church life. Um, mm -hmm. even though, oh, I guess there's four or five packs in my church. Um, I probably attend one of the bigger churches here in Gastonia, but where it has impacted me is, um, well, the COT has become something that's, uh, in, important, right? Every, every workout and we here in North Carolina, we do end with a prayer, uh, at, at every, um, at every COT. 
So I guess um, the biggest impact on my faith side is just being able to share that faith with other like-minded men who are trying to grow their faith as well. Well, before it was kind of my wife and I, or my kids and I, or maybe my minister and I. Um, So now, you know, we'll, we, we actually, you know, my shield lock as an example, when we get together, we, that's something that we talk about. It's not something that is kind of hidden and you're afraid to bring it up or you're, it has become a bigger, um, a bigger part of um, just my daily journey because um, of the exposure instead of a Sunday thing. It's if I'm going to a workout, it's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder with the COT and the prayer request that we do. And um, so it's just, it's because of that, it's just automatically become a um, just something that is more prevalent, you know, every single day in my life. And I've got, you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, I've got male friends, you know, who I'm not afraid to talk about that with them where in the past, I think I would have shot away from, especially if I didn't know somebody well enough. I, I just, I try to, I've always tried to live my life as a, as a Christian would, but I kind of felt nervous maybe about talking about it. So now, but with these, of course, these F3 guys, I'm, we talk about a lot of stuff, but, but faith is, our faith is something that we definitely, um, we're not afraid to share and talk about. And, um, and again, it doesn't matter whether you're um, Christian, whether you're Baptist, Methodist, um, I have to shout out to Freight on that one. Freight is one of my Baptist friends. So he gives me a hard time, but because I'm a Methodist. Um, but yeah, so so I think that's the biggest. If there's a difference in the last five years, it was just uh, that personal growth where um, it is something that we talk about and is is very uh, a much more prevalent and active um, in my day to day life, not just when I'm doing you know quote unquote church activities. Right. I gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Cause there's definitely, um, you know, a, a level there where, as you pointed out, the constant, um, prevalence, right. Of this faith element that you, you've kind of always grown up with, but, you know, as you pointed out, it kind of was always maybe a little bit more reserved for, you know, the Sunday or just kind of the small interactive group. And now being able to kind of explore that more in depth, um, in the company of, of, of other men, your shield lock, right. Who are helping you accelerate in that respect and, and, kind of keeping it, keeping it focused, keeping it centered, um, definitely is, is a big departure, I think for, um, sounds like not only for yourself, probably for many other men out there who, um, kind of always maybe relegated, <laughs> relegated the, the church activity to, um, that that's what they considered faith, right? Just the Sunday activities that they took part in. And then, you know, Monday through Saturday, just kind of, uh, just, just doing their own thing or checking the boxes. Yeah. I mean, I think I was guilty of that as well. I mean, I just, church was, church and that was the time to focus on it and focus on my faith. And, um, I mean, I, I, I just, I just didn't, I wasn't in, I mean, maybe a better way to put it. I just wasn't intentional about it. Like I am now that might be the best way to describe it is I've become more intentional about my faith since, um, F3 and, and, um, you know, reaching out to guys that are having issues or that I know of and the guys reaching out to me when I was going through, certain things, especially, you know, when my, um, especially when my father passed is a good example. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. Well, definitely. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, Stroganoff. Do you have kind of a, a, a summary story or just some, a general um, thought, uh, whether it's a story, a theme, anything like that, that sort of encapsulates what life has been like since, since F3? You know, I've got a list here. I could probably name off nine or 10 pretty significant things. Um, but with this, um, with the most recent stuff we've been dealing with, with this pandemic and, you know, having to shut down AOs and um, I want to talk about my shield lock. I've got a shield lock with three of the guys that we've been kind of uh, meeting together for a year and a half or maybe a little more. But when this pandemic came along, uh, we realized, uh oh, you know, our AOs are closed. What are we going to do? Well, we came up with this, um, with these, with these uh, shield lock challenges. Um, and we call it, and this, this will, I don't know if any of the guys that put on from Hickory or Boone that put on the Mortimer, cousin Eddie ever listened to any of these, but there was, there was a relay back in, I guess it was March called the Mortimer that me and my, a couple of my shield lock buddies ran. It was just, it was awful. Um, 
but had the, the 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 subtitle for that race is HTFU, and I can't repeat what that says on what that stands for. But we call these the HTFU uh, monthly challenges. So, um, so because I was, I mean, we were concerned about we're going to we're just going to quit working out, right? We're not going to do anything. So these monthly challenges, um, it was so many miles running, so many miles rucking. We had to do like last month was 200 squats a day in five minutes of plank a day. And we were 85 miles running and um, 40 miles rucking in the month. But what we found was we were constantly on each other's case to get the work done. And even if we were doing it, even if we had to do it by ourselves, because mm-hmm. officially, you know, we weren't supposed to be meeting and uh, all that stuff. So my point there is I've got this accountability group, close accountability group. We even had a Google, we even created a Google sheet <laughs> to track what everybody was doing each day. Um, and, and so that, that, that shield lock, again, this comes from Q source and F3 in general, the shield lock is a, is a big time. If, if you use any of you um, packs that hadn't been involved with F3 very long, this is something that, that I would really encourage you to look into is, is the shield lock concept is just something that has, um, helped me tremendously in the past year and a half or two years, uh, even to a deeper point than, um, than kind of what I mentioned earlier with some of the other good friends I have through F3. Um, so that's kind of something that just jumps out at me very, you know, real recently that who knows what, what I would have been doing during this pandemic for those two months that, that our AOs were shut down. Right. Uh, I sure, I sure wouldn't have ran, uh, you know, a hundred and almost 160 miles and or ran and rucked almost 160 miles in the month of May. Um, no way would that have happened without these, the shield lock and these challenges. I mean, three of us rucked a uh, half marathon one morning just because night before a guy said, Hey, we need to ruck. Let's go ruck a long way tomorrow. <laughs> and we said, okay, <laughs> that sounds awful. Let's do it. Right. Isn't that the motto? Isn't that the, that's the unwritten motto or the unofficial motto of F3. That sounds terrible. Okay, let's go. Yeah, that sounds terrible. What time? That's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. And yeah, definitely being able to kind of point to something recent too. I mean, I, you know, so many guys have been impacted right now by you know COVID nineteen, and and obviously it's associated shutdown not only within kind of their their workouts, uh, but their regions as well. And I think even kind of on a personal level, you know, um, guys who just don't feel comfortable and and. Uh, you know, that's, that's definitely difficult water to navigate. And I think having a shield lock during that time is definitely, um, it sounds like it's been super beneficial for you and, and, and hopefully other guys have been able to be able to, to, to tap into that, uh, and utilize their shield lock and really lean on them during these times. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been terrific. I would, I would, you know, and it took a while for the shield lock is something that just doesn't happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So you got to get, you got to find three or I think four is the good number, but you got to find three guys that are, that are accelerating at about the same rate, have the same outlook. Um, you know, it's helpful that our kids are similar in ages, you know, for the most part. So you know, we're just all experiencing the same similar things at the same time, uh, same points in our lives. Um, and so it's just been a terrific support Um support group and it's fun and we give each other a hard time. And, um, you know, if I don't show up for a workout, my goodness, I'm going to hear about it. Or, or if I skip a day on the challenge, you know, oh, now you're behind struggling off. You better get your act together. You know, so it's just a lot of, um, it's just a lot of good stuff. Gotcha. That's great. Well, struggling off before we wrap out here, uh, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share for the, with the packs? You know, um, I'm going to, yeah, obviously this is, this, Podcast is, I'm sure, most almost all F3 guys. Um, but there may be some out there that maybe haven't been involved with F3 very long. You know, I know I've encouraged new packs to listen to your your podcast or this one because it, it gives you it gives a new packs a good feel for you know what what F3 is about and, and different guys' journeys. But you, know, I would I would just point out a couple things about F3 in general. Uh, Whetstone. I'm in Whetstone with the with the packs. Um, and it's, that 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 relationship's even been longer than my shield lock, and it's it's a terrific, uh, it, it's terrific uh, experience. Uh, Q source. We're lucky here in Gastonia. We have two different Q source um, uh, AOs on Sundays. Right now, we're doing them together because of uh, the pandemic. But uh, on normal times, we have two different AOs where we're and I'm one of the Qs for the Q source. 
Um, I happened to be the Nantan last year um, in 2019, and that was quite an honor. Um, you know, the CSOPs, the relays, um, you know, I just can't stress enough for these new packs to get involved in, in uh, older packs. When I say older packs, I just mean guys that have been doing it longer. Figure out a way to get these uh, newer packs involved and, 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 um, and committed because I think one of the things we've seen in Gastonia around that fifth year, it can be hard. You know, a, a fifth year of any organization can be about that time when a, 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 you can start slipping off. You can start having issues with involvement and bringing in new people. And, and that's not just an F3 thing. That's, that can be with any organization. So you really got to be mindful um, of, of that type of thing. But there's, you know, F3 is, um, you know, it is the, uh, it can, it, it's, it's the antithesis of, of sad clown, right? And um, most guys don't even realize that they're, that they're dealing with that. And there's so many reasons why F3 can be that solution for so many of the ills that we're seeing and hearing about in, in the world. And uh, um, I know one thing I try to do is fill up my Twitter feed with as many F3 guys as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found with that is it pushes out all that other trash, <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially right now. So my Twitter feed got much better and much more positive when I, um, when I started following as many F, F3 guys um, as possible. So, you know, I would just say F3 Nation is, is, a, is something terrific. I think my M would tell you that um, it has made a tremendous difference in, in my life. She's happy I found F3 because it's made a difference in our relationship. And um, I hope and I think she would say that I'm a, I'm a better man for it. And um, I think it's important that we keep trying to, to expand and, and get as many as many people, as many men out there involved as we can. Hi. Well, brother, thanks very much again for sharing all that with us. Um, definitely. I, I've loved hearing your story and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of come on, be vulnerable and share that with us. So thank you very much again. Absolutely, man. It's been terrific. Love your podcast. <laughs> I love my podcast too. Uh, That's good. <laughs> so if guys want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, on Twitter, I was on Twitter before F3, so my F3 name's on in there, but it's at GSM, letters GSM Steven, S-T-E-V-E-N. GSM is the name of my company, so that's why it's at GSM Steven. Gotcha. All right, at GSM Steven. All right, well, guys, you know how to get in touch with Stroganoff. Stroganoff, thanks very much again for coming on, and uh, appreciate you sharing your story. Sure thing, Short Circuit. It's been terrific. All right. Well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. That wraps out uh, Episode 7. Stay sharp, and we will see you in the gloom. The stars on the line Oh, the gods on the line Blame is better to Thanks for listening to this episode of American Yammer. If you're interested in sharing your F3 story, reach out to us at f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Again, that's f3americanyammer at gmail.com or on Twitter at F3 American Hammer. Until next time, stay sharp, and we'll see you in the gloom.